First, we dance. Okay, we're done. People are just dying to know. They're dying to know. They want to know. And frankly, so would I. Come on. What What is versus? It's a competition. It's a battle of art. Between two teams. I don't get it. Yeah, what are you talking about? Okay, okay. It's time for an explanation with jazz. This show is called Versus. Something versus something else. One show might be Charlie Brown versus James Brown, or 9-11 versus 7-11, or Catcher in the Rye versus Ham on Rye. This show is Lent versus Rent. On the Lent team, we have Nathan, Aaron, and Anna. On the Rent team, we have me, Steve, Alex, and Young Ren. Each team will compete head-to-head through six rounds, performing original theatrical material written specifically for their side of the verses. This is not a debate. These original pieces are presented and performed on this podcast for your interpretation. At the end of the six rounds, you will decide which team wins. How do we do that? Well, you have to keep listening to find out how. But in the meantime, can can we just finish the song, please? Yeah, yeah, I want to get to my on with that already. Great. Hit it. That was concise. That was succinct. We hope you understood. If not, oh well. Verses, 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 verses. Time for the show. Verses. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I'm here for it. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. It gets better every time. Yeah. Come on. We're we're on to um round two, everybody. Isn't that exciting? Round two. Sorry, I'm too early. Uh, no, too early. Too early. Which one's round two again? Is that the second round? That's the second. It comes right after one and in between oh. before three. No. Okay. Bef- bef- after zero. That's what mm. happens. Okay, cool. No, I studied yeah. poetry in college. I don't know anything about numbers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I hope uh, everybody uh, 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 is keeping a tally of... Um, uh, which round, which uh, team they thought won uh, each round, whether it was Team Rent or Team Lent, um, and maybe we could just uh, recap how the voting goes. Maybe we'll do that every round. How 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 do people vote, Anna? 
the way that people vote is you go to our Facebook page, The Drinking and Writing Theater, and there is going to be a poll right up there that will be up until 24 hours after round six. So make sure that you hold off on those votes until after all of the rounds so you could just see how much better Team Lent is than Team Red. That was concise. That was succinct. We hope you understood. If, if not, not, ask somebody no. else to do it. <laughs> if not, you're a boomer and ask your kids. If not, just rewind this fucking podcast. Oh my god. <laughs> Listen to it again. All right. All right. So I think um, I think that works. So uh, what do you say we get on to... It's... Uh, ready? It's time for... Round, Round two. That's what I'm talking about. We're going to get better every time. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's true, Anna, but I will take your word for it. <laughs> and now a play from Team Rent. This play is called Answers to Every Rhetorical Question in the title song of Rent, the 1996 Broadway musical. Listen, I know this was supposed to be a Rye Gen X comment, but I live in the Trump era, so I guess the answer is you just yell at people on Facebook about how they're ruining the country. Headlines, bread lines, blow my mind, and now this deadline, eviction or pain. How do you write a song when the chords sound wrong, though they want sounded Use a basic chord progression. But the notes are sour. Where is the power you once had to ignite the air? Okay, Roger. You haven't proven to us that you were ever actually a good musician. So maybe just try to write one fucking song? We're hungry and frozen. Some life that we've chosen. How we gonna pay? your parents for some money. How we gonna pay? Gain a skilled trade. How we gonna pay? Look in the penny saver. Last year's rent. We like candles. How do you start a fire when there's nothing to burn and it feels like something Burn down the houses of the rich like a real revolutionary piece of shit. How can you generate heat when you can't feel your feet and they're turning blue? Move back in with your parents who live in the city. Take the train. At least go spend the night. To light up a mean place with posters screenplays. How we gonna pay? Sell your plasma. How we gonna pay? Become a sex worker? How we gonna pay? Sell weed. You're both white. You'll get away with it. Last year's Don't scream, Maureen. It's me, Joanne. Substitute.
Hey, 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 did you eat? This question isn't rhetorical, but I was worried someone would try to say shit about it if I didn't ding the bell here, so. Don't change the subject, Maureen. But darling, you haven't eaten all day. You won't throw up, you won't throw up. The digital delay didn't blow up exactly. There may have been one teeny tiny spark. You're not calling Mark. How do you stay on your feet when on every street it's trick or treat? Carry a knife. And tonight it's trick. Welcome back to town. Oh, I should lie down. Everything's brown and oh, I feel sick. Where is he? Now, you might be thinking that this is another non-rhetorical question. But I would argue that it is, because while Mark is asking Roger the question directly, it's pretty clear from the context of the scene that Roger would not know the answer and that Mark would have first-hand knowledge that Roger didn't know the answer due to them having been in the same space for the duration of the time in which the question arose. That would make it a rhetorical question. However, I suppose it could depend on the staging of the production, should Roger see Collins get jumped. However, if that were the case, I would argue it's a poor decision on the part of the director because if Roger saw Collins get jumped, why would he spend 15 minutes complaining about his self-inflicted lot in life instead of going to see if his years-long friend was okay? Getting dizzy. How we gonna Knock over 7-Eleven. Sell your plasma. How we gonna whether saying hello when you answer the phone is rhetorical. There is no true answer to this question unless any response is indeed an answer to the question. Maureen, your equipment won't work. Okay, all right, I'll go. How do you leave the past behind when it keeps finding ways to get to your heart? Therapy. the internet around in 1996? Wait, let me look it up. Okay, yeah, totally was. The internet. What finds the fabric together when the raging shifting winds of change be ripping away? Everything in life is temporary, okay? So slow your fucking roll and get used to it, you edgelord artist wannabes. <laughs>
much. Hi, uh, so this is uh, Alex. Hi, how's everyone doing? Um, I wrote this play, and it was uh, marvelously performed by Young Ren. And I originally wrote this play, um, I was thinking of some fun, silly things to do and trying to think of a play that would maybe be able to kick off the show and be the first uh, starter to the whole show. So something to get everyone's energy up and be good, but funny and exciting and kind of get everyone really jazzed to be there. Uh, This was originally supposed to be on the stage. So in my mind, we were all going to be singing the parts of the song and I would bop in here and there with a little uh, comment. Uh, I had the idea for this play while we were getting together to all watch one of the many versions of Rent. And uh, I was just listening to the lyrics and thought it might be kind of funny to hear what the responses to a lot of these questions are, especially, you know, how are we going to pay rent? Um, the easily said by everyone who shits on rent that, uh, just get a job, which is true. Um, so that's what I figured we should all talk about. Next up is a play from Team Lent. This play is called A Self-Quarantine Check-In with a Friend in the Desert. Dear Friend, I have been social distancing for over a month now. I don't have it as difficult as some people because I can still interact with my boyfriend and my cats, but it is lonely and the world is so much more quiet. I spent the first few days just wandering the familiar rooms of my apartment, floating from chair to couch to bed, back to the chair, some more time on the couch, and then finally to sleep in bed. Then, I spent an entire day rearranging the space in my apartment so it felt just a little bit different. Anything to pass the time away. Does the quiet bother you where you are too? Are you just waiting for time to pass? I know I'm incredibly fortunate to still be able to contact people through Google Hangouts, Discord servers, or Zoom, but I just really miss face-to-face human interactions. You know, the hugs, the high-fives watching my friend's eyes crinkle at the corners when they laugh. The stuff that makes us human instead of just screens. What's something that you miss most about how the world was a few weeks ago? Right now, I'm worried about the world outside. Job stability, government stability, and the health of the entire world. Will I get sick? Or how many people do I know who will get sick? Is my mom, who works in healthcare, going to be okay? Are you worried about your future, too? The uncertainty of the next few weeks fills my mind with anxious thoughts. Thoughts that usually I could compress and stow away while at work or rehearsal or being with my friends. But now there is nothing to compress them. There is nothing but time. And social distance. So, the anxious mind expands and fills the corners of my apartment and days of empty schedules ahead of me. And yet, people have been in isolation for longer. Great creativity and compassion can come from this experience. I mean, look at you. You are completely alone with no contact with anyone for 40 days. And people in China were on lockdown in their homes for almost 60. It's been about a month in self-quarantine, and I need a little less distance. So, 
I'm reaching out to you, friend. How can we connect? Thank you very much. This play was actually incredibly cathartic to write. Uh, I started writing it the first couple days of quarantine. Then I did my first edit the first week into quarantine. And the longer and longer we have been in this shelter in place, the more that I think I have been able to sink into the ideas that I started with and draw those parallels of what it must be like to be alone, uh, just like Jesus was alone in the desert for 40 days. I wanted to keep the letter pretty vague because Regardless of whether or not you have a strong religious tie, especially during the times of Lent, I think all of us can kind of understand what Jesus was going through being alone in isolation for 40 days and 40 nights. As I said in the play, we're very fortunate to still be able to connect in some ways, but I think it was an open-ended letter to how can we connect in these times of aloneness. So reach out if you have any ideas. We would love to hear from you. Hey, you did it. You made it to the end of the episode. Congratulations. Don't forget to keep track of everything you've listened to today, as well as previous episodes. So after our final episode launches, you can go online to the Drinking and Writing Facebook page and vote for which team you think did best.